This is the Athletic Football Show. Welcome to the Athletic Football Show. I'm Robert Mays. Joining me tonight is my good friend Nate Tice. Nate, how you doing, buddy? Doing very well. That was a delightful day of NFL action. I, I, I think that's the word I'm going to go with. I really enjoyed today. Really excited to talk about some of these games on this show. I thought some interesting stuff happens, as always, in the NFL. It's never boring as much as people want to say it is sometimes. It is fantastic. So I'm doing very well. How are you doing today, Robert? I'm doing great. We knew that there were going to be a bunch of good games today. There was really a premium game in every single time slot, including the Europe time slot, which is not always the case. And then we knew we had Seahawks Ravens at noon, which we'll dig into. Cowboys Eagles was fantastic. And then the game that we just watched between two contenders in the AFC. So let's start with the game that just finished up your immediate reaction to how Bill's Bengals unfolded tonight. Uh, I'm feeling much better about where the Bengals are at, of course, and I'm feeling a little bit worse or uh, actually (laughs) I feel whelmed about the Bill's defense. Yeah. And I I, kind of was seeing this anyways, but this was kind of like confirmation. Like, yeah, they, yeah, they can't keep up with the big boys right now. Uh, they that you know losing so all those injuries that they've had, it just you know they've been decimated. It's just too tough. And but on top of it, the Bengals' offense operating like that, they've been on fire with their opening script, uh, first fifteen plays, and then just I mean you can tell the confidence they have in Burrow and just everything the operation of this offense. That first play of the four minute drive to ice the game, they threw the ball straight, drop back, no play action, just line up, <laughs> drop back, and wing it. I was that's confidence. Only the confident offenses do that. So it's like that's. That's how the Bengals feel right now. So that was my first takeaway. I was like, yeah, these they're looking really good right now. It's just so fun to watch him when he's playing at that level. The ball placement, just his ability to kind of be surgical in areas of the field where it should be really difficult to do that. We got that version of Joe Burrow tonight. And the play that you're talking about late in the game, he slides the protection and then pushes the ball down the field in the four-minute mm-hmm. drive. And they hit another one very similar to that earlier in the game where he slides the protection to the right. He has Tyler Boyd kind of on that corner route. They get a huge chunk play out of it. So it was just every single aspect of the Joe Burrow that you want to see. Pre-snap operation, accuracy, ball placement, play extension, and guys making plays. I mean, T. Yeah. Higgins bodied up, <laughs> bodied dudes up like six different times tonight, yeah. just posted up for a rebound in the way that we love to see from him. So I, I just thought that we're getting so close, if we're not all the way back there already, to the version of the Bengals offense that really does make them truly dangerous, even when we're comparing them to some of the best teams in the AFC. And on the Bills side of it, I, I'm with you. I just think that it, every single time the offense fell short tonight, it just felt so devastating because you knew they were going to struggle so much to get a stop on the other side of it. Yeah, it was just, it felt like just the Bengals had the ball over and over. It felt like a ball control offense, even though, but this is the Bengals version of doing it, which is just burrow. <laughs> throw the ball 45 <laughs> times. Throw the, throw the ball and ball and control the ball. It's, it's, it's wonderful. Uh, it's, it's actually, it's just really fun. Like you say, watching him operate the, yeah, pre-snap operation, the protection stuff, and the Bills threw some funky stuff at them too. His post-snap extension, uh, not only just confirming coverages, but then just also, you know, extending plays with his legs. I mean, this yeah. is the true burrow. This is two weeks in a row we're seeing this. So this scrambles, the bouncing out of the pocket, and, and you know, just those half dozen times he does it. It's so devastating. But on top of it, like uh, uh, there was just a great example of about 12 minutes left in the game. He hits a whole shot to Jamar Chase. 
uh, Chris Collinsworth was like, oh, it's a cover two-ish coverage because it's, it's Palms <laughs> again. That. Yeah. Yeah. Paul, that was that play. And, and Palms always screws guys up, but it was, it was a blitz, but they brought, um, they brought the Will linebacker in the corner from the weak side and then ran cover two with it. And Teron Johnson was the nickel and he's running back to be the deep safety. And that's tough. It's a nickel running back to be a deep safety. And I mean, Burrow confirms the coverage and just whips that whole shot in there. So he like anticipated the post snap disguise or undisguised, I should say. And it's like, oh, you are just seeing it really well right now. That's how he felt. He felt so in control this whole game. It's just so nice to see that version of him. And we talked about that a little bit last week, but the sport is just more fun when he's playing at this level yeah. and this offense is operating that way. Do we think that the bank, the bills can figure this out? You, you get Russell Douglas in the mix, you know, guys were yeah. in and out today. You know, well, Von Miller, maybe, you know, you continue to ramp up down the stretch. Like, do you feel like this is something that can fall into place for them? Or do we think that this is going to be a continuing problem here as we go through the rest of the season? I feel I'm worried about them against, you know, the good offenses. Look at just, just at their schedule. Okay. Broncos and Jets, like, you know, they're going to be kind of, you know, Bill's offense is going to be fine, even though those are tough matchups. But then Eagles, Chiefs, even Cowboys. And it's like, I don't know, of those defenses, like that defense, it's like that it worries me a little bit. As much as I still think the offense is fine, even with like the Josh Allen interception, that was pretty brutal. That one was hilarious because. You could, his feet were truly going, no, 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 don't throw it. And he still throws it. And I was like, oh, I saw what you saw, but not that. But I, I am a little worried, but they feel more, I don't think, I don't see him as a true contender because it's just this defense, how it looks like right now. I see really? him as a good team. So, yeah. I just, it's, I'm worried right now. It's I, just, I totally just, get it. It's just, that's, that's such a hard reality to cut or hard conclusion to come to because. Uh, the flashes that we've seen from them are so high, but I don't blame you for feeling that way right now. They're banged like they're up and they're of, not playing well. I feel like they're going to beat the bad teams. Like they're a good team. Like don't get me wrong. I almost feel similar to them. Now, this is mean because I, I don't feel the Dolphins this way, but like the Dolphins a little bit like this, how I feel so good about their offense and then the defense kind of worries me week to week against maybe better opponents. But I still think of them as good teams that can, you know, play tough games against these uh, really good opponents. So it's just really hard right now. I, I just, I've seen it now a few weeks and seen how this defense is. And it's like, it feels average at best, you know, like Von Miller's not all the way back, even though he's playing a lot of snaps, he's not all the way back. So you don't have like, you, you know, it's just, a, it's not overwhelming right now. And that's the why Bengals like edge the rushers Bills. affected the game more today than the Bills defensive line did. Absolutely. Consistently. Yeah. And so they, you know, they're not really getting help there. He is going to get better as the season goes along. And that's what you hope for. I remember even before the season, I said that may be better because usually their guys get hurt, maybe get reinforcements as the season goes along. But it's just watching it. It's just, yeah, I'm just not overwhelmed. And I just feel more just they feel average-ish. And I feel like the offense is good, but they can't overcome the turnovers. They, they lost negative two turnover differential. And that was that's that. That's hard. That's really hard when you're playing at this level against this elite competition. Yeah, the Bengals had the second best passing success rate of the week. Only the Texans were better. It felt like that when you watched the game. You look at the AFC standings right now. The Bills are not in the playoffs if it were to yeah. start right now, only because the Jets are four and three. So it's just that's they're they've both won one more game than they've yeah. lost, but just by virtue of winning percentage. But I, th I do think that even as this looks very crowded, AFC North, you have three teams that are five and three. I still feel the best, I think, about the Bengals and the Bills in that kind of wild card race. Like if I had to put money on it right now, oh. I do think both of them still make the playoffs. Yeah. But what they can do after making the playoffs, I think, then becomes the biggest question. That 
that's what I mean. I think they're going to win double digit games. Like, okay. I think they're a good team still. Cause I, again, they have Josh Allen, who I just named MVP last week in my article. And I justify that way. Yeah. I, I, he's playing tremendous. And I do think the offense is doing some really sustainable stuff. Even if they have a couple of blemishes, they're doing good stuff. I just feel, I feel a little like this. Bengals are a contender type team. The Chiefs, like these top end teams, they're going to face in the playoffs maybe multiple times if they want to win games. So that's why I've just, ah, oh, it's hard to like see them winning several playoff games, maybe make the playoffs and then win a game like that. But that's just how I feel about them right now. The teams with winning records in the AFC that are not currently winning their division right now are the Jets, the Bills, the Steelers, the Browns, the Bengals. Those are the five. I still feel the best about the Bengals and the Bills coming out of that five. Yeah, I still do. I, even though the Browns defense is obviously playing great, but I have more faith in the Bills offense combined with their defense than I do with the Browns currently. The Steelers, oh, yeah. whatever black magic they can continue to pull off. Congratulations to them. I have no idea what to make of them. And the Jets, I still just I, I don't think you can rely on what you're that offense on is going to do in the long run. Yeah, With flawed teams, you're betting on units, and I'm betting on the Bills offense with Josh Allen. Like that, and so I agree. And I think the Bengals are looking like this two weeks in a row. It's like, yeah, I mean, this is what it's, we expect. It, we're, we're back, baby. Yeah, yeah, we're back. That's, so like, we're, that's we're why definitely I'm just, back. I'm not talking about it right now because I'm assuming with them. Uh, but I agree. Just with the yeah, just with the Bills stuff. I mean, they had four losses this year by a combined 21 points. So you know, some of the stuff's just not bouncing their way right now. But I do feel good about them. Just not that top top end level. Well, especially when you contrast them to the way the Ravens look today. Or the way oh we know the Chiefs are probably going to look in the wrong, long run. I know there's a lot of consternation about the Chiefs offense. We'll talk a little bit about that later today. There's still been a top five unit this year, and the defense is playing the way that the defense is playing. So you look at a team like the Chiefs, you look at a team like the Ravens, it's so complete right now. And then you contrast that with where the Bills feel like they are. And then, you know, the Bengals to a lesser extent. I think the Bengals defense is still going to have those flashes. They're yeah. one of those teams that you don't want to see in the playoffs because of what right. they could do to you in, in a one game setting. But it's going to be interesting to watch. I mean, it, I did not expect to be here nine games into the season nine weeks into the season with a five and four bills team wondering what their ceiling was going to look like but that's very much where we are this Bengals defense uh, performance tonight was one of those where it's like yeah they don't have a ton of stars but they have like just a lot of solid players because if you do have we know man yeah, if you do have weaknesses, they're going to pick at it. They're yeah. smart enough to find it. Like tonight, it was like a little bit on the right side of the offensive line. You can see a lot of games happening there. So it's like they're going to find it. They're, they're just pretty good at doing that stuff. So let's get to the other great game from today. And that is what happened between the Cowboys and the Eagles today. I don't know where to start with this. We can start with maybe some of the game swinging one inch away plays for Dallas late in the game. I mean, if you have, if Dallas, if Dak doesn't step out of bounds on that two point conversion, if Luke Schoonmaker is one yard, one inch closer to the end zone, this game feels a lot different, but you know, the Eagles again, and made their stars made plays when it mattered. You know, their pass rush came alive when it mattered. Jalen Hurts had some fantastic moments in this game playing hobbled. I was incredibly impressed with just his yeah. overall toughness and some of the plays he made. The touchdown to Devontae Smith was one of the best throws you'll see this year. So like good. Just, just an absolutely incredible throw. And yes. again, he had three or four of those moments again in this game. But I mean, this was back and forth the whole time. I mean, I think my biggest takeaway from this game is I can't wait to watch it again. I agree. I hope there's a third. I, I really, yeah, I thought this was two good teams going at it. And again, this is when you watch, you know, the Cowboys kind of defense got scored on a little bit. They tightened down a little bit in the second half as well. It's like, you know, you feel com these teams feel more complete. <laughs> and, you know, the Eagles had moments in the, their spine. We'll talk about that in a moment. But I mean, this offense, it felt 
like the moments of last year were because I feel like that they leaned into some of the stuff from last year. It felt like more go balls, the ISO ball stuff. It felt more the RPOs. AJ Brown's touchdown and Dallas Goddard's big play that he got the hurt slide on. slide RPO to Dallas Goddard is the Finally. Play. It felt I like a throwback jam. for it. Oh my goodness. They, they, they ran that so much last year. And I think the, like, I don't know, some one game, like, they stopped doing it, like, spooked them out of doing it this year. And then now finally, let's get back to it. They had so many good plays off of it. And those are just easy buttons. They can, when you have awesome players, easy buttons look really good. You score touchdowns <laughs> on them. You get 20 yard gains on them. They're awesome. Uh, but it's, it, uh, watching, uh, also just the, the launch though. I'm glad he brought the Devontae Smith touchdown because it was awesome. Oh, and then also the corner route to Dallas, Dallas Goddard on third, on um, fourth down. That was another play that they used to spam last year. Uh, it's a corner and an under route. I call it cram. Uh, but it's, yeah, but it's just a little corner up, but they beat man coverage with that. And it's like, again, that's what they used to do over and over last year. So they played the hits and it, Sounded really good. Uh, I'm I so glad while. that you brought up the corner route because I thought that that entire sequence on that drive reminds me of what the Eagles are. They go forward on fourth and one from their own 31 yard line on that drive. They obviously yeah. get it. They have a third and 15 that they get because of a sack slant to AJ Brown, 12 yards. They get to fourth and three. They go for it again. On yep. fourth and three, and they hit that corner route to Dallas Goddard, and they cash it in with a Kenny Gainwell touchdown. That's so right. those that combination of you got to stop us for four downs because that's who we are, and mm-hmm. that corner route to Dallas Goddard, I was like, ooh, this this feels like the Eagles. Like this feels yep. like the Eagles team that you want to see. On that drive alone, that first drive, I look this up, a touchdown worth of EPA from those two fourth down decisions. Oh, their willingness to do that and their willingness to push it into the red. uh, It's just such a consistent advantage. And Dallas was very good with those decisions as well today. They were really aggressive. They were keeping pace. They did a lot of things that you want to see. Dallas did a lot of things you want to see, period. I know that the throw to Jalen Tolbert instead of the one to Jake Ferguson at the end is frustrating. I know that he takes a sack in that situation near the end of the game where it's really difficult to take a sack when you have no timeouts. The idea that Dak Prescott was not really good today is mind-boggling to me. He had six to eight ridiculous plays out of structure, third down, making something happen with his legs. Again, him playing at this level makes me feel so good about what this Dallas team is going to look like in the long run, even if they showed they came up a little bit short today. Just, just don't play the 49ers. That's, that's it. That's all they have to do. That's <laughs> they all might they have, have to. to do. I know, but he was on fire and using his legs, scrambling and extending felt very much Mississippi State Dak or early career Dak. Yeah. Uh, they tried the double move on James Bradbury, uh, but, uh, he got flushed out of the pocket. I almost nailed it first drive or second drive. It was like, Oh, almost called my shot there. Hit off the wall. They were hitting double um, moves, just not against James Bradbury, not, just against no, Eli Ricks. Was, yeah. Eli. Oh my goodness. Uh, they had a couple plays. Oh yeah, I, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna tweet them tomorrow. There's a couple of plays where there's some <laughs> lost guys in coverage. I felt I was like, oof, yeah. CD CD on an island, which was what we thought. They had a ton of empty snaps today. The Cowboys did, and they're just putting in Dak's hand hands, yeah. and he was just making play after play after play. I mean, even the flat route to Schoonmaker that came up like an inch short was a great throw. The Schoonmaker oh, was late on the right. yeah, and that was another one. It was man coverage. They brought uh, Eagles brought a, a pressure on it. And that was a, he chose a matchup over a scheme moment. And that's what kind of stinks sometimes is when even the last one on the, the fourth down that you, that you brought up to Tolbert was that he's going to CD there. And then the Eagles went one double on CD lamb. And so his brain, and this is how you're taught, his brain automatically went, okay, take my, my automatic one on one. 
which is mm-hmm. the X. So he just defaulted to scheme there. And that's just, that's like, it's fine quarterbacking. I understand why he did it. His brain is not thinking Ferguson on that. He just went, CD, oh, shoot, he's double covered, Brr, X. And I know, I, I just kind of I understand that how that it. happens. I just know, I know that if we didn't bring that up, 20 million <laughs> Eagles fans were going to just be shitty to us on the internet over the next 12 hours. So I... I, I'm with you. I thought that he played great. That third and 14 yep. that he had to CD on the right sideline where he escapes out of it. I mean, he mm-hmm. had so many of those plays out of structure today. I feel – how do you feel coming out of this game? How do you feel about the secondary pass catchers for the Dallas Cowboys? I think Ferguson's great. So that's uh, – I'm offsetting the Ferguson shine today and him kind yeah. of rising to this moment with what's happening with everyone else. And the yeah. fact that you can't really rely on Gallup. There's a lot of Jalen Tolbert being introduced yeah. here. I don't know where Brandon Cooks is at all times. So the emergence of Jake Ferguson today combined with the way that they were using CeeDee Lamb, I'm like, I guess I feel better about it now than I did this morning, but I don't think right. I feel great about it overall. Them and the Lions. It's power slots and tight ends and pass catching running backs. That let's make an offense out of it. It's great. Uh, no, it, it's I've been trying to. Ferguson's got some juice. He caught a little seam the other day. So I don't know if that's you want to as your field stretcher, but it works. I want to see more Tolbert. I think good things. I mean, I think he's not bad as like your third auxiliary pass catcher. The Cooks thing I'm trying to figure out. I think it's just that he's not getting just targeted a bunch. I don't feel like he's losing. I also feel like this offense isn't great for him. He's best on the move. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, that he's a, he's a, you know, I would say more like the Jags would be a better fit for him. Um, but then as this offense is, you know, stationary on the outside. That's why you saw the Tolbert route that, uh, on fourth down that, that got broken up because that's a stationary route. That's a static route. So I, I think that I feel okay with it. I'm more worried about maybe just the poppy run game. They got to figure out kind of more, a more at you run game would be my biggest worry with this offense, but I think they move the ball just fine. Yeah, I, I, th- I again, I feel, I feel better about them now than I did this morning because of Ferguson, but I still just wish that they had one more. I totally get it. One more receiver that you could rely on. I thought and then, I, we get a little more out of Cooks. I, uh, I, I if agree. I'm being honest, yeah, I yeah. totally agree. And he, they just haven't, and that that's a yeah. little bit frustrating to watch. And again, Terrence Steele had some rough moments today yeah. against Howard Smith Reddick and Josh Sweat. <laughs> well, the last the last drive, right? Like Jalen Carter kind of gets him on the last drive after the yeah. wait. It's unfortunate that how visible that play was compared to how well he had played the over the rest of the game. But yeah. Steele, there's a couple rough moments. So it's again, though, it, it, that Achilles, that this man. this game is frustrating. That the if you're a Dallas fan, if you're if, if you're the Cowboys, period. But I think you have to feel pretty good about what this says about what the rest of the season yeah. is going to look like. And with the Eagles, we know that already, right? I mean, just yeah. like those stars and the way that they can shine. And I still – what Jalen Hurts did banged up today and just kind of his – just willing himself to like three or four plays to yeah. help them win this game is truly impressive. also loved his shoes. Love, like oh, the yeah. Jordan 11s that he was wearing. He's he looked, just stylish, a fantastic man. look from Jalen Hurts today. And the outfit he wore to the game, if you guys have not seen that – Highly encourage you to check that the out. Eagles are I, take some pointers. high standard, high st- championship uh, uh, styles uh, standard from the Eagles right now. I, I, I will say that the uh, but no, he gets hurt end of the half and then comes down to the second half and it was like he I think he took off on a scramble and it was kind of like he was like yeah screw was, you guys I think I'm it was good. A designed run. That it might they have been designed. Yeah, that's right. And, that's right. And, it might and, have been the slide play again where he just kept it. I think it was a design <laughs> run and he kept it. Yeah. That guy is tough as shit and he deserves a lot of credit so for that. Tough. So. It's yeah. just one more win for the Eagles, and they're sitting there at eight and one this, to go into the bye. I'll say this: even though they didn't score like the most points they did this season, this is the best I felt about the Eagles' offense. I, I think watching, that's totally fair. 
and I, which is good because you're going against the Cowboys defense and I'm saying that. So, and I feel good about where the Cowboys are at. So it's kind of funny how that kind of came away with that. And again, it's stuff you don't really notice, but the pass protection consistently, I think throughout this game for Philadelphia was pretty darn good. Again, I mean, yeah. their offensive line just consistently shows up. And the, the last kind of bit of, Oh, that's the Eagles I want to see that I did not mention from that first touchdown drive. Th- when Gainwell finishes that playoff, Jason Kelsey is just folding on those plays and playing out in space. That's just, again, something that only they do. So you get yes. the corner out to Goddard. You get going forward on fourth down twice and getting it. And then you have Kelsey in space finishing that off. Yep. And it just is such a little boiled down version of that's what this team is, <laughs> is at its best. And yeah. man, is it fun to watch. And a Devontae Smith touchdown and AJ Brown touchdown. It's like, a, yeah, they play the hits. <laughs> it was perfect. <laughs> Gentlemen, you have my curiosity, but now you have my attention. Every Sunday, there's just a wall of stuff coming at you, especially in the first two slates of games. So we like to pick out a couple of performances that really made us take notice. And let's start with the Baltimore Ravens. Remember? remember, Oh, man. I felt kind of dumb, right? I'm watching that game. We had such a long conversation about the Seahawks offense earlier this week and about how so much of the the worry and the panic from Seahawks fans is probably overstated. They're actually really good. They do a lot of good stuff. And I'm watching this game. I was like, man, I feel like an idiot. And then I oh. went back and I rewatched it. And I'm like, it, it's Couple not misses. that bad, right? No, it's not that bad. It's but not. This the Ravens are so good that it can get away from you so fast. And this was one of those games where the defense gets one, two, three, four stops. The Seahawks average distance to go on third down today was 9.75 yards. I mean, how hard they were consistently making it on their offense. Pocket just condensing, collapsing consistently, Mm -hmm. nowhere to go, no one open. And then you flip it to the offense, and Lamar is playing at an MVP level. He has Mm -hmm. been all season. Today they ran for 300 yards. They ran for 298 yards. They had a 50% rushing success rate. And that's what makes them so scary is that your two or three short-circuited drives with a defense that's playing at a historic level away from this game getting completely out of hand because their offense can hurt you in so many different ways. I I just thought this was another display of everything they have to offer. And right now, they have as much to offer on both sides of the ball as any team in football. Yeah, I think they're the best team in football. Uh, I mean, they they just are... Everything like you just said is they do everything on offense. I was trying to kind of like have like a little narrow down note of like, oh, it's they hard. do this. They do everything. Play action, quick game. Like they, I mean, run the ball. They run every type of run play. They got QB run game. They got different running backs in there. They got a speed guy now. It's like tight ends getting targeted. It's like everything, anything you can think of, they run. Uh, but I would say on offense, they really the zone read stuff or not zone read, but the QB read stuff, the QB run game with Lamar. They really targeted uh, Mafe from the Seahawks. Oh my God, they, it was they ran it at him every single time. So that's why all those runs were at his side. He had a nice play. Uh, I think he got the strip sack later. He did, but it was yeah. always yeah. They were so he was crashing so hard, but they weren't scrape exchanging, which is the linebacker comes over the top. So then like Ricard was just. Le- Climbing up to pin like Bobby Wagner, and so like Lamar was just you know skirting out the side. It was just like it felt like um, the Colin Kaepernick game against the uh, against the uh, uh, Packers in the playoffs. That's where it felt like a couple of those plays. But uh, I want to talk about the defense and some of the fun stuff they did on third down. They went they held them to one for twelve on third down, which is saying something because <laughs> I actually like, like some of the Seahawks stuff. And the Seahawks only ran forty seven plays, but they're 
this is kind of like some teams are really leaning into this. The Vikings are doing this a lot too. A lot of guys at the line of scrimmage, a lot of cover zero looks or really quarters-ish cover zero looks and then bailing out of it or pressuring or simulated pressuring and doing everything out of it. And it's messing with some quarterbacks and the receiver timing because it's changing like angles that everyone's coming at. But they're also doing uh, – uh, they did some three safety looks today, which was awesome. Like they had Daryl Worley in the middle, Kyle Hamilton and Geno Stone on either side. Anyone who watches soccer, it's like a three center back look. And I want to talk about one play, and then I'll wrap it up. I'm sorry, I'm talking about the whole thing here. But the third and eleven play call in the first quarter that Gino was sacked on by Matabike was awesome. Three safety looks, so they're all back there, which messes up Gino a little bit. It's a blitz. They bring Patrick Queen, who's off the ball. He crosses the center's face, which is always annoying. Then Roquan Smith from the line of scrimmage, from the right guard, drops all the way to the first down marker, covers JSN's route, and then they run like kind of a cover three look off of it. Gino has to hold the ball because he's like, oh, shoot, they covered it. And yeah. like, they perfectly matched the, all the routes. And then on top of it, because the blitz hook was kind of funky, the tight end and the running back both stay in. So no one gets yeah. out on a check down. So he has to eat the ball. And then that's how a sack gets created. But that's coverage tying in with pass rush, creating with some that's funkiness how it felt and all sound. Game. Every great. single time he had to look beyond his first read. Every single time it was like, yep. all right, I got to move off this. Close, close, it was close, over. Close, close. It was over. Yep. Every single time. And that marriage of Russian coverage was on display throughout this entire game. And I know that the Seahawks offense looked terrible today. But even that two for 11 or whatever that number was on third down, JSN drops a ball on their first drive. Right. There's two, They had three passes deflected at the line of scrimmage. It was just a, a rough day overall combined yep. with how great the Ravens defense was playing. So I, w- I wanted to look up the numbers just about how good this Ravens team has been, you know, compared to not only the defenses we're looking at this season, but historically. So they are allowing 1.1 yards per drive or one 1.1 1. 1 <laughs> points per drive. That is what the Ravens are allowing this season. Okay. Okay. 13 defenses since 2000 have allowed that number or less. And those defenses that we're talking about, 2000 Ravens. 2008 Ravens, 2008 Steelers, 2005 mm. Bears, 2002 Bucks. These are the types of teams we're talking about when we're discussing the production that the Ravens defense has had this season. And they're not the star-laden unit, but they have guys contributing at every single level. I don't think it's weird to say that Geno Stone is playing at like an all-pro level at safety right now. He has been unbelievable. And the fact that you're getting those sorts of contributions with dudes like that who didn't even begin the season as starters, that's all you need to know about what this group feels like right now. No, they, they have a lot of good and unique players. Yeah. Like even Matabike is unique, Hamilton, and they, they're used so well. And it's a great, it's great play calling, a great play design. Like even that example I just brought up, Patrick Queen is going forward, which is always better. And Rokon Smith is the one in coverage. And Rokon Smith is the the keystone player of this whole scheme. Yep. He is amazing. And they can do so much stuff because he's so smart and versatile. And just that example is one of them. But he he's truly a keystone player. And, I, I mean, he is as valuable as any defender in the league right now. So watching him and then watching all these plus players and unique players, you know, different tools getting used at different times and just seeing it get all unlocked, running a little bit of everything as well on defense, it's it's – it's good stuff. It's really good stuff. And then the offense is just awesome too and varied with an MVP, MVP quality quarterback right now. It's, it's a the good fact team. They averaged 0.31 EPA per rush today. For context, that's like, again, like MVP level quarterbacking. That's how efficient their run game yep. was today. And Keaton Mitchell was the best player that they had yeah. on the ground. 
and, and yeah. they're running all sorts of runs. I mean, uh-huh. they, they're multiple pullers, and they're running out of 11 personnel and just getting them in light bodies. Yeah. The Seahawks had the fifth best run defense success rate in the NFL coming into this game, yeah. and the Ravens ran all over them. And then that's beyond what some of the stuff they were doing in the passing game. And it's stuff within structure where, oh, it's a boot to Mark Andrews on the first drive, or it's Lamar replacing a blitz here or replacing a blitz there. But then it's also him scrambling, doing something a little bit out of structure. So it's just the combination of everything, the run game, the pass game, the stuff that's within the structure of the play and the stuff that he's just creating on his own. It just leads to this feeling where their offense feels so in control because there are so many different ways that they can hurt you. And that was on full display today. He Lamar had a throw near the end of the half on third and six to Mark Andrews. That was stupendous. I, I, I cannot wait to watch that in all 22. It's it, he, but again, I can't wait to watch the defense you, on the all 22. That, yeah, that is what I'm no, very no, much no, looking forward to. It might be, might be a wind the clock. If they have anything, I think third and 11 might be a juicy one that, uh, but the, Watching this throw, and it's exactly – it's always what I kind of rave about usually with quarterback play. It's the high, taking the high and the high-low. He could have easily had the underneath route, the crosser, and but again, he's getting the extra bases. Like He just turned a single into a double, and he created another first down out of thin air. And that's awesome quarterback play. And the confidence that he played with, it was just like when we watched the Bengals offense talk about that for a minute. Just to be able to do that in a third and six and not feel rushed and actually be in attack mode, yeah, it, it's, a, it's, it's some good stuff from Lamar and from his team. Just looking, looking through my notes right now. Like he, seven thirty. Seahawks did have a fun quarter. use of motion. Seahawks did did some interesting stuff too on offense. They just didn't click. But I, they, I, they, they I did some fun again, motion I, stuff with the running back. I feel like their offense is going to be okay. They you, they oh, yeah. got their teeth kicked in by the best defense in the league today, and yeah. that can happen. We saw what they we saw what they did to the Lions at home. This yep. can absolutely happen. But there's a stretch in the second quarter. Lamar finds space outside of the pocket on first and 10, comes all the way back across the middle of the field to Odell. There's a 10-yard gain on the next play to Keaton Mitchell. There's a crosser in structure that he hits to Zay Flowers. Great pass protection again, where the puller is picking up the blitzer, and then Edwards mm-hmm. finishes it off for a touchdown. So it's just this combination of out-of-structure, in-structure, run game, pass game. And I think one of the things that we have not mentioned that brings that all together that I thought they played fantastic today their offensive line is really good. Yeah. Like yeah. the difference in how much time Lamar had to extend plays and work in the pocket today compared to how much time Gino had to extend plays and work in the pocket today. Gino had the Gino's pressure on 54.5% of his dropbacks today, according to True Media, which was the highest rate in the NFL on Sunday. And it absolutely felt like that. And so that contrast was on full display. And I think the Ravens offensive line deserves a lot of credit for the pass protection side of it and all the work that they did in the run game today. Yeah, great. I love when every when you see like three or four different type of run concepts work. And it's just like boom. Okay, do this. Okay, now they have a polar on it. Okay, there goes Lamar. It's like that's that's when you know you're onto some stuff. There's uh, it, it's the I was gonna say the the play that keeps coming to my mind when I picture this offense though is Lamar's throw last week when he's on one one leg. I still think that should be the new NFL logo. Like you just like sweep the leg, <laughs> but that's just the, I think this offense, that's what's going to picture. Cause it's fun and control. And he only can hit those plays. Like I talked about the high option if the offensive line's playing well. So good, good shout out there. I think I, I'm trying to remember them all right now. I think the Ravens have two of the most three, two of the three most impressive wins in the NFL so far this year. If I had to yeah, list look. them off, maybe two of the four Niners over the Cowboys. Bills over the Dolphins, the way that they dismantled them, and then the two Ravens wins. The ones that they had, the one they had over mm-hmm. the Lions, the one they had over the Seahawks. 
I mean, they have easily the big, the highest point differential in the NFL, especially after yeah. this game. I mean, their ability to dismantle these good teams, mm-hmm. I, I think they're pretty undeniably the, the best team in the NFL yeah. right now, even with the Eagles sitting there at seven and one. Right. Yeah. No, yeah. I, I absolutely think they are. It's, yeah, I think definitively. I feel so good. Like, I just love It's really fun to watch this team because they, they're well coached. And they have awesome players. What what's better than that? <laughs> that is the Ravens right now. So I totally agree with you. I think they're number one with a bullet right now. Let's get to our next one here. The Kansas City Chiefs. You have my attention. We talked about the Chiefs a lot over the last couple of weeks, their defense specifically on our preview shows, and what they did to the Dolphins today. I mean, this is the best performance that they've had this season. And I think a real announcement that we are dealing with something different on defense for Kansas City this year. You know, I think a lot of people were noticing it. The numbers are there, but this was to a national audience with nothing else going on, them really showing everybody what we're dealing with when we're talking about the Chiefs offense this season. Uh, Yeah, the the fumble return for touchdown was like a nice little symbolism for this defense with just like three different defensive backs getting involved and more blocking. Like it was just, it was, it was honestly, that was like a celebration of how they've been playing uh, and just so much changing the picture after the snap, they were running man coverage. They're being physical with Tyree kill, but they're also doing the stuff to what I think can help hinder this offense and sometimes changing the picture on Tua, but just watching like Justin Reed and Brian cook communicate on the back end. It's like, yeah, this is how crazy. well they handled all the motions. I mean, just yeah. they just completely locked in. And I loved watching their them affect the game in all these different ways where you have the blitzes that we know are coming, right? Like the first Watson sack where they bring him off the edge, they bring a linebacker, they drop Karloftis into coverage, and it's free rusher sack. The sack that McDuffie had a little bit later in the game, they don't bring a linebacker, but they still drop Karloftis. And McDuffie gets a sack coming off the edge. So you have like the blitzing ninja bullshit that we have with Spags all the time. (laughs) The physicality that they consistently had with those receivers at the line of scrimmage the entire game and disrupting timing. Sometimes a little overzealous. Need got dinged for a hold on one of them. But that aspect of it where we're going to disrupt timing this entire game. We don't care. That's what we're doing. And then again, the physicality and willingness to tackle on the perimeter from Everybody on the second and third level of the defense yep. showing up again. Tremari Connor on the first drive has like a, a TFL slash tackle for like a one yard gain. And it's just like, this is it. Like every single one of those guys back there is going to bring that sort of mentality, mindset, presence on the back end. And against this team that all they want to do is gash you on the perimeter. Mm-hmm. It showed up more than it typically would. But this has been a consistent thing for them all season. Yeah, I mean, again, like the fumble return was just there being physical, yeah. <laughs> just taking it to them uh, on a bubble look and not playing off and scared and backing up. No, they went forward when most teams go backwards against this offense. But the um, – uh, what you're saying, the physicalness, like how we both kind of like have noticed, especially last year in the second half of last year, is how much a better tackling team they are. Like Justin Reed was an upgrade in that way, and he kind of sets the tone for that. And there was a play that just sticks out in my mind. And it was actually a completion for a first down for the Dolphins. But it was to Tyreek Hill. It was like on a slant, I think it was. It was an inbreaker of some sort. But then he uh, uh, – the corner tackles him right away. So it goes mm-hmm. for like an eight-yard gain. But I've seen that go for a touchdown uh, like easily like with this team with Tyreek Hill. But it's just like that. It's like only one explosive uh, pass, I believe, the whole day. It's like if you can limit that explosives and like that is usually the 
thorn in Chiefs defense or Spag's side. And now they're taking away that. Yes, you can get them after him in the run game a little bit. The Dolphins did in the second half. But it's like they still make it tough. And they still, they're, again, they're physical. And this was without their top linebackers uh, or top linebacker. So it's, yeah, it's a really good unit. And I thought this was a really fun performance. This is another defense that's going to be definitely on the all 22 watch because going against this offense, this is a real test and it's a funky offense and performing this way. Yeah, that's tip of the cap. There was a third and nine early in the game. I think I believe it was in the first quarter where they had a completion, but it was an illegal shift. It was like a beautiful throw mm. in a corner route that two ahead, and it was a legal shift. It was third and 14. And you're talking about like a play in space that actually seems not that important, but really kind of exemplifies the game. On a third and 14, they had a little shovel pass to mm. – um, uh, I, I can't in, remember. Right? No, it was 26. It was, back. It was, it was back. It was back. Oh, uh, yeah. no, Wilson. Um, uh, I know who it is. Whatever. It doesn't matter. Whatever. Okay. Run it back. It's it's shovel pass. And Tranquil makes a play in space. Salvin Ahmed. Jesus. I, we're, we're getting later. In, we're getting too late in the day. So it, it's a shovel pass. And Tranquil makes that play in space. If he doesn't make that tackle, that's going yep. for a first yep. down. That absolutely yep. is going for a first down. And there were so many of those today. And then the other one I, I wanted to point out. I tweeted this out earlier. It's just such a stupid play. But to me, it's like, that's why this team is good right now. On uh, in the second half, the first drive that the Dolphins had, there was a there was second and eight, and they had a chunk run to Mostert, and McDuffie was the and like holding down on the edge, and he just refused to get reached on the edge by one mm. the receiver, and then two and all, uh, Connor Williams looping around, and he draws a holding penalty on that play, and a corner just refusing to give up the edge on that play and drawing a hold. That to me is like what this Chiefs defense feels like right now. He's scrappy. That's he what is. they are. He, and they're he's scrappy. a first-round pick. He's a first-round pick. I know. He's he's fun. Uh, I, how they use him in the slot is, is just good stuff. They're, no, they're all scrappy. That's what they are. It, it's a scrappy unit, but also just up front, like Carl Loftus is playing well. Like they 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 get pushing, they push in the pocket. But then real quick too is like it's funny watching this Dolphins offense, and it's like they it's as much as how exciting their pass game can be. It's like they need that run game to live and breathe. Like it was just, it feels so, and like credit to the Chiefs for making it tough on them in the first half. But in the second half, it was like, oh, here it comes. Yep. It felt so much more alive. And so like that's when you're seeing that unit and seeing that Dolphins team, it's like that is so key. And it becomes even more apparent when they're kind of struggling or kind of, you know, struggling, lack, lack of air in their offense a little bit. They had 12 yards to go was the average on third down for the Dolphins today. Yeah, that's and, it, and it felt like that. And against Spags, yeah. it's just hard to live that way. Yeah. A couple other things kind of tangentially related to the conversation about the Chiefs defense. Okay. The Dolphins have a pretty drastic split this year between teams that are awful that they're destroying and yeah. really good teams that they're struggling against. Do we feel like there's some validity to this? Do you think this is something that we're going to continue to see moving forward? I, I think so. I, I think the better units, especially the better defenses that have offenses that can at least keep up, you know, AKA the best teams, uh, <laughs> are the ones that are going to give them issues. So, like I said, I, I kind of feel similar to like the Bills. I feel like this is a, a valid playoff team because their offenses are good and they're, you know, they, I feel like they can find answers, but I do think that when they can't score 30 points, like, are they going to lose every game? Like, you know, that's yeah. that's kind of an issue. That's a real issue if you want to be a real, real team. Good defenses have given them trouble over the yeah. last couple of years. I mean, they look like a different team when they're playing against 
top five, top seven sort of defenses. And you look at what the AFC playoff picture is going to be this year. The Ravens and the Chiefs are going to be involved in this conversation. These are the types of teams that you're going to have to beat to get there. So I definitely think that's worth keeping an eye on. On the flip side, the Chiefs did not score in the second half. Right. That's fun. <laughs> and uh, there yeah. obviously a there lot wasn't of a the, drop by Sky Moore to blame on. Either. It wasn't. There was not a drop by Sky Moore to blame it on. A lot of the discourse around why the Chiefs offense has struggled this year is twofold. One, they've struggled to run the ball. They've consistently struggled to run the ball. That continued again today. Two, secondary pass catchers, creating separation, all of that. I feel like there was probably some of that today. I, again, you'd want to go back and watch it, but it did feel like the Dolphins were doubling Travis Kelsey a lot mm-hmm. or just sending extra bodies his way. But to me, the biggest issue for Kansas City today was they just couldn't hold up up front. I mean, they just really struggled to consistently give him time against some of those stunts. And I don't know if that's more of a comment on what the Dolphins front is going to be able to do over the rest of the season. That's a very talented group when all of those guys are healthy, or if that's just one more thing to file away as we're having some issues and some concerns about what the chiefs offense is. Yeah. I think passing game wise, I think they're figuring it out. It's just that they, they're having some growing pains as they're trying to sort through all this. And again, I, I think I said this last week, it's like, it's, must be really nice to have guys like Mahomes and have this type of team where you can kind of just work through things in a regular season. You don't even need a bye week to do it. So that's why I feel pretty good that they're still winning games against the Dolphins team that, yes, is still like has a good record. <laughs> I mean, they're six and three. So, and like they've given teams issues. So it's, yeah, I, I feel still okay about it. Like, because I just, it is a little worrisome to me. Um, maybe some I'll get off the opening, opening script kind of stuff too. Um, you know, I think maybe sometimes the, some of the ad lib stuff. And I think even sometimes the run game is frustrating. I'm still trying to figure out why. Uh, bless you. Excuse uh, me. But also, <laughs> yeah, but, but then, but then I watch, I watch Mahomes make some freaking awesome throws. And then I see the Jarek McKinnon touchdown and I'm like, Oh, there, there's some nice design stuff because that was a tendency breaker. They usually don't release the running back that way. They release mm-hmm. them across the formation or they release them on swings. And so they release, it's a burst release. You burst to the field. So if you ever, that's what a burst, a, a burst route, I should say, a burst release is actually a receiver thing. Burst route by the running back, you burst to the field. Uh, but he is going through that. And that was a tendency breaker, like I said. So it's like, oh, okay, they can still do that kind of stuff. Like that's why the Dolphins linebackers dropped him. That's why Mahomes was holding on the ball because he, he knew that was going to pop open. So it's like, they can still do that. They still have Travis Kelsey. They still have Mahomes. They still have this offensive line that I still trust, even if they do have like had some moments today. So I still think they're just like an awesome, like a, pretty damn good team. Like, I still think they're up there. Like you mentioned the Eagles and Ravens. I still think the chiefs are still in that kind of tier as well. I, I, I also think so. I mean, I think yeah. their offense is absolutely going to figure they're it the out. Like, I, I just, be- <laughs> I believe they're going to figure it out. I think when you have that guy, an offensive line, that's going to play much better than it did today. And the yeah. defense playing the way that they are, they are complete enough that uh, I think they're a very scary proposition. It's just, it's frustrating to see different issues cropping up. Where yeah. today was they today was pass protection. Some games it's you know it's a drop here or there. Some days it's just separation among your secondary yep. pass catchers. Some days it's the running game isn't working. But being able to lean on your defense as you work through some of that stuff very comforting, and that's where they are right now. So and that's seven. That's why I feel good about them long term. It's like yeah. it's like they they're gonna have good unit on both sides. As long as they stop Michael Hardman starts feel, fielding punts with his heels touching the end zone. That is an epidemic right now. There is some bad punt returning happening right now. That it's, is happening, and I, I can't. I'm, I'm done with the wide receiver handoffs and jet sweeps and touch passes oh, yeah. on third and two. I'm done. 
Yeah, I, the short I, yard stuff, man. I ultimately de- deleted the tweet because the stat was actually wrong because it, that was a pass. The the okay. one the tip pass to Hardman was a pass. But before that play, before the McCole Hardman negative seven yard completion in a short yardage situation, they had eleven carries for eighteen yards this year on handoffs to receivers. Okay, <laughs> eleven carries for eighteen yards, and then it was There's a negative seven yard. Complete completion to McCall Hardman. So if we're lumping that in, just for the sake of this conversation, we're talking about 12 receiver touches in the backfield for 11 yards. And they, they, they've lost like 10 points of EPA on those plays. Just stop doing it. Like, just stop doing it. They, I know they get like praised. They're always like, oh, you know, we're always uh, in the Chiefs building. We're trying to uh, one-up each other with our ideas and like all these crazy designs. It's like, maybe just like design a good zone run play. Like maybe just have like a nice like stick route from Patrick Mahomes to Travis Kelsey. Like, you know, like just like a quick little out route. Like that, just like the, I, the play action rollout that he had to the flat. Yeah. Where he threw I can't I remember who it was completion to, but just more of that stuff. And they ran the ball on third and one too. and got yeah. I, I think got a little shit for it today and didn't when they ultimately didn't get it. That's fine. Like you you don't have to run it, but just Put the ball in his hands in some of those yeah. moments if you're going to do anything. So they continue yeah. to be very frustrating, <laughs> but they also continue to win as they do it. I know. Usually teams do the wildcat quarterback because they're like, oh, we got to gum and toothpicks this offense. You know, not because not usually don't do it when you have a, <laughs> the best player in the world at your at the position. Though I will say the contrast of watching what the Eagles can do in short yardage compared to what the Chiefs can do in short yardage because mm-hmm. they refuse to sneak the quarterback that matters like yep. that o- over the course of the season that little advantage in high yep. leverage moments is going to matter and i think that we're consistently seeing it crop up with the chiefs in a way that's kind of maddening that's a great point every eagles game it's it's not first and 10 it's like first and seven yeah you know like because it's a race to get once they get in there it's they a just huge advantage it. it's huge it's huge especially right now in this league how hard defense uh, how good defensers are playing right now it's a huge advantage last one here CJ Stroud, you have oh. my attention. Holy shit. <laughs> Gatling gun. That, yeah. that guy is I, – I cannot wait to keep watching him play football. I mean the, the the ball placement, some of the stuff that he's doing out of structure, the go, the deep throw he had to Tank Dell for the touchdown. I mean just mm-hmm. – he's got a, a handful of throws. Even last week when they struggled against Carolina – there was still a handful of throws that it's like, this guy is must-see television right now. 470 yards, record for a rookie quarterback, 0.71 EPA per attempt in this game today. 0.71. Again, for context, you lead the league typically at like 0.25. Yeah. That's what MVPs do. So that is how good he was today. 5 for 5, 75 yards and a touchdown on the game-winning drive that began with 46 seconds left on the clock. That was wonderful. He, he was his target chart was art it's it's this guy plays the quarterback position exactly how you want it he's so accurate he has such a quick throwing motion he can push the ball when he needs to his, his mechanics timing footwork like it's teach tape uh, like i have always said dak is kind of my teach tape guy like dak kirk cousins and like cj stroud they're like they're they're the guys i would teach like a high school quarterback and be like just watch this watch this guy Watch this guy. Yeah, you see that zero fat in any of his footwork, any of his motion. Ball comes out so quick, and he just puts it on the money every time. And he throws guys open. He can layer throws in. He's awesome. I I love him. 
I, he's he's I, become one of my favorite quarterbacks already. He's half a season into, into his career. I He is so much fun to watch. I'm trying to find the way to describe this because it's not that he changes arm angles in the way that we see with a guy like Stafford, a guy with like Lamar, where he's getting the ball off in crowded pockets just by changing his arm slot. He almost changes arm trajectories in ways that are really conducive where he'll float the ball over someone or he has to like get a little bit like on his tippy toes and like mm-hmm. release it from like a somewhat higher point. Like the ways that he's getting some of these throws off in muddy situations, I, I, I don't really know how to describe it. Like I've never really seen someone do this in the way that he is because it's not as flashy as some of those Lamar Stafford things, but it's just as important when things get a little bit crowded. The the touchdown to Tank Dell, I mean, it wasn't a crowd pocket, but it was that that one is just a perfect example of that of just like how how he's able to like reset without making it a whole operation. Yes, and I think that's what it, it just it, it the <laughs> his like movement to throw is very quick. If that makes sense, if I can, I, I'm not gonna. I don't want to compare him to this guy, but I'm saying like this is like what I always think of. Like Marino was always like, mm-hmm. you know, just the ball was out, but there's just that quick throwing motion. Someone, one of my favorite reply people on Twitter, follows on Twitter, and I can never, I can't I never remember his name, but he had a great comparison with Stroud. He's like it's almost like Kurt Warner, and where he's just he's fearless. And he just stands in there and he's gonna he's always in attack mode, but he's so accurate and how he just like that those feet aren't moving, but he's cha- getting the ball out so quickly and it's always perfectly on time. He'll push the ball when he needs to, he'll throw the ball over the middle over and over, and he's just over he does it over and over. But that like I said, that first touchdown of Tank Dell, it was a double move, and he the shoulder fake into the throw was just so quick and he throws it he the timing on or not the timing, the anticipation on it throws it into the back corner of the end zone. When he's releasing the ball, Tank Dell's at like the twelve yard line. Yeah, it's just that's that's unguardable. And, that, and, and the whole, the whole shot that, was ridiculous on that oh, final yeah. drive. I mean, just an unbelievable throw. His ability to layer throws like that, and it was mm-hmm. my favorite thing about him coming out of college. There was a throw he made against Michigan that was a corner throw. I think probably a little shallower than the one to Tank Dell today. But it was my favorite throw I saw him make in like the five games that I watched. He just drops it down the left sideline on a corner route. And the touch he puts on that ball and the placement on those second and third level throws is my favorite thing about him as a quarterback. And that's exactly what we're seeing him do in the NFL. Like so many things about his game, stuff that was very much on display over Mm -hmm. all of the tape, ball placement, accuracy, things like that. But then seeing those little nuggets of off-schedule playmaking and creation that we saw in those last couple games, it's everything you wanted from his evaluation, where the stuff that's consistent, we know we're going to get, the stuff that he showed in flashes, when things get dirtier, muddier, harder in the NFL, can that just be who he is? The answer so far has been yes. Like those little flashes that we got were enough to make you feel good about him in these sort of situations, and he's consistently shown it. And today was just another example of that. What? How do people always try like to your quarterbacks to say this is a guy you can win with, and this is a guy you win because because of Stroud is you win because of like already he's, he, he already he already is making his teammates better as a freaking rookie when defenses are it's harder to play quarterback than ever, and he's doing it. It's he's the real deal. I I mean he is just he is just a real deal NFL quarterback and a like a top ten one right now. It's fantastic watching him. The AFC South, 
could be freaking loaded with QBs when Anthony Richardson gets back. Holy crap. That's awesome. Like, I mean, legit three guys. Hopefully Levis works out. And then we can just get four. Just like, let's, let's go for it. Like that, that I mean, would be Levis fantastic. had some really nice moments on he Thursday. Did. I, I know I was, they lost. I, was, I know I was, it was a Levis apologist, so I'm I'm okay with him if he does okay. Like I I I, I he does some he's fun. He's I have Mr. no trick issues shot. with no. him doing okay. He got I just he got the Stafford comparisons because he's all trick shots, and it's, it could be a really fun. <laughs> it could be really fun to watch, but it's he, he can have some dummy moments as well. I the my like I don't know my lukewarm opinion of the first game that he has is that we just didn't have, he didn't get we didn't get to see him do that much. No, he wasn't asked yeah. to do that much. I he, I was asked to do, he was asked <laughs> to do way more in the first half of yeah. that game against the Steelers. And so even though they lost that game and the second half was a disaster, I yeah. feel better about yes. him coming out of that game than I did about totally the four great. touchdown game because I actually had to watch him play quarterback in the NFL and he did a pretty darn good job. Against a good defense and also, yes, totally agree. Everything you just said, that's exactly it. It was because the first game just felt fake. It was just designer pl- shot plays. And that's, you don't know how sustainable that is. That's, that's why. That's why we mentioned that. So I totally agree with what you said. Thursday night was much better. We'll talk about this a little bit later. I don't want to spend too much yeah. time on it now. I want to have a conversation about the Titans quarterback strategy and what they have done over the last couple of years, because I had some doubts about it. And I was like, how, what are they doing? Like, they really needed to come away from this draft with a quarterback. But I, I think that there's some merit to what they've done. And I actually think it's put them in a pretty decent spot. So we'll save that for a show a little bit later this week. We're still cool, man. We're still cool. I'm not, I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed we're not going to talk about any games today or any performances today well any team's performances today i'm gonna let you use this space today to just talk about how you feel about the officials and what today the day in refing and what it was like for you i mean josh allen pointed at a uh, at a player today and got a flag for it which was pretty funny uh but there was a moment in the Cowboys-Eagles game, even though it ended up not mattering because the Cowboys ended up scoring a touchdown on the next play, that has me just infuriated uh, because on the play, the Cowboys have a six-offense alignment, and he declares when you have a six-offense alignment, they have an ineligible number. Any number between 50 and 79 is ineligible. And he declares, and Dak even, I don't think they announce it. So you could see Dak looking at the umpire and going like, hey, did he declare? And then he goes, oh, okay, he did. All right. And then snap the ball, and then they, they throw a flag for illegal formation, saying he was not covered up because he has an illegal number, an eligible number. And even though he confirmed, even though he said he was eligible, and they didn't announce it, and it was just one of those moments where it was like, what the hell was that? And this just continues throughout the NFL. Simple operation stuff. I'm watching. I'm not even like – that game's on mute. <laughs> For me, and I'm just like it's a it's a multi box screen, and I'm just glancing at how can I tell that, and you guys can't tell that that guy, this 320 pound guy, walked up to you and said, "Hey, I am eligible. I we do six offense alignment often. I probably have already done this in this game. I should have looked up that they have, but oh my god, the emphasis on the full weight on the QBs for the, the roughing the passers. I get it, like they emphasize that. Okay, quarterbacks are dropping like flies. It's usually when they're scrambling, guys. It's not really those type of hits." But even Dean Blandino is kind of like, like exhausted of explaining it. Like they, they cut to him on one. He's like, he's already rolling his eyes. He's like, guys, this is just what the NFL is emphasizing. I mean, yeah, I know, but he's just like, he's just shrugging his shoulders. Like, what do you want him to do? So, oh, I, there's just, 
Weren't there some stuff in the in the Bears Saints game that you were also getting disgusted by? It was it was a crew that was not doing a great job last week, oh, and they the were back in the first half Saints operation. Game. They they yeah. had a spot spot on the ball moment. Thank you. That was I did have a moment. Uh, yeah, same crew. Uh, uh, who is it? Torbert. Uh, yeah, but it's yeah their crew. I, I've I've learned that they're working through some new new members on their crew. Uh, I had some people reply to me about that. But uh, they had a, a fourth and one situation with the Bears where the ball got moved up and down like three times and the Bears tried to challenge the spot, I believe. And it was like a whole situation. And they like wouldn't announce it and they switched like they're announcing. It took like seven minutes, like eight minutes to figure out this one yard spot. Um, but yeah, that was a, that was just a fantastic moment. But they had uh, they had a whole bunch of those in that game because that was one of the boxes I had, the bottom right box of my multi view. They're not even a sponsor right now, are they? So, <laughs> it just keeps using it. <laughs> but uh, but uh, but they but uh, uh, seriously, that was just another one where I was just watching it. I was like, "What are you guys doing? Like this? Like they're supposed to have the over the air stuff to like really like clean up stuff, which mm-hmm. it's, ha- it's happened. I- I've seen some nice moments where they actually do a good job of it. But there's a lack of commun- communication, lack of transparency, a lack of accountability that's happening right now. And that's what I mean. It's not a guy missing a PI call, a pi- pass interference call, or a holding. It's operation." which is the number one thing that they should be responsible for. And it's the number one thing they can control. So just want a little bit more out of your refs. So I'm already, I'm already always disappointed in you. And it's just like even more disappointed, also disappointed in part returning, but I already used that, use that kind of rant earlier. I, I was so worried after the taunting call. And then there was, I think a couple other iffy calls early in the bills Bengals game. I was like, if you guys ruin this fucking game, right. I, I, I don't know what I'm going to do. And because it felt like that at the end of the Eagles game. I mean, even yeah. like the, there was the PI oh. against the Cowboys. It was like, what the hell is going on here? It just passed her on the last Cowboys drive. Was... Yes. Oh, it, it, it's and I mean the Washington, the one of the Washington Patriots game, which we're not going to talk about. Otherwise, we're actually going to chat with Ben Standick for Kiefer and the Beats tomorrow. But that one from Washington was like, I don't. That's one of the worst calls I've ever seen in my entire life. It was just a sack. It, it was just a sack, and it's a if it's a roughing the passer. That's my least favorite type of call. The, this the yeah, body yeah. weight roughing the passer stuff is that is my least favorite type of they're, call. They're the saying fact like, that we, we see so many of them is just they're like they're like telling them to round up on it, and it's like I get, but you you have to use some human logic here. Like there has to be some. It should be, just the, like, it should be the opposite of that. Exactly, and I mean the intentional grounding on Josh Allen tonight. And yeah. I get it. They're they're saying, oh well, we we can't tell the route, so we can't just well use your freaking eyes. Like what do you think happened? And then honestly, this is that that's a sore subject for me. The Colts Raiders 2016. New Year or Christmas Eve, Derek Carr gets hurt. Yeah. The play before he gets hurt, we're winning. I think we're two scores and we're fourth quarter, I think, is when he gets hurt. We're about to ice the game. And then uh, I think we're about to kick a field goal. That's what it was. We're near the like the high red zone. Derek gets an intentional grounding because Seth uh, uh Roberts. Seth, Seth Roberts runs the wrong route. And so we get intentional grounding. We have to throw the ball, he gets hurt. And if not, we would have been in red zone, no big deal. We would just kick the field goal. And it would have been no, so that's like a sore subject that call specifically, that type of penalty. So clean it up, refs. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. I just hey, came listen, back to it. I, you, you had a lot of grievances that you wanted to air. And I, I completely respect uh, that because it was frustrating. Uh, it, it, all uh, I want them to do is not, I, all I want to do is watch a game and not feel like some influence. Whether it's a call, whether it's the operation, whatever, is encroaching on the flow of the game and what it feels like to watch the game. That's it. All, all I yeah. want is to no- – all I want to like realize and all I want to think is I don't notice that they're there. That's the only right. thing I want to feel. And it's becoming harder and harder to do that. Absolutely. Also, a lot, real quick last thing is 
Special teams hidden yards are huge this year. With offense being so hard, like I was just watching Turpin with the Cowboys and what he was doing. And like, just create those extra hidden first downs. They make another team get those first downs. It's like uh, when offense is really hard to come by, when points are really hard to come by, those are, those are huge. And it's becoming kind of like a sneaky thing I'm kind of keeping an eye on because some of the bad ones are ones that are standing out more than some of the good ones. But really, that's it. All right. Let's get to a few more things from the today. It's time for the Sunday Notebook. I'd like to chat about just a, you know, a couple little observations, a couple moments from Sunday. And let's start with what Josh Dobbs did. In that game against the Falcons, I, I want you to just try to describe and explain how impressive it is for a guy who didn't oh. practice, who's never had any reps when they were running the no huddle stuff and that running tempo and he's doing it at the line of scrimmage. I was like, how is he even doing this? Like, I don't know how you would understand what that operation looks like at the line of scrimmage when you've never even practiced with the team that you're playing on right now. Well, you're saying that you like to even know half his teammates' names, which I understand. It, that's very hard. Uh, I'm terrible at names myself. So, uh, but it, it, this is one cool thing with that a lot of guys from the Shanahan offense are in this terminology are spreading throughout the league is that when guys switch teams, they can translate it a little better. Sure. So I do think that's probably what helps, helped a lot, but it's so freaking hard. I mean, I've heard stories about signing guys. Brooks Bollinger told a story. He got signed by the Lions to start a fourth preseason game. And they signed him like three days, four days before the game. And they said, okay, like Scott Linehan was calling the play. And he would just tell him, hey, this is just our version of stick. Like, you know, like just read it inside out. You know, like he would just like tell him like, hey, that, that's how you're going to have to read this play. And I think that's probably what some of it happened. It seemed like that last touchdown was they they had a red zone plays or designer plays. So they practiced all week probably. He probably has just kind of seen it. They probably told him like, look at the slot. And because the whole way he's looking at Powell that entire time, he was going there hell or high water. But I mean, they scrapped together this win, like good for them. And Dobbs' scrambles were fantastic. He took the ball in his hand. Like some of his scrambles were some of the best plays in the league today. So like good on them. He's a smart guy. He's a fun player to watch. He did some nice things for the Cardinals this year. Wasn't always perfect, but this is really, really impressive and something you don't really see <laughs> ever. Like I've just brought up a preseason example. This is ridiculous to see in the regular season and a kind of a, you know, pretty kind of a swingy game in the NFC. Yeah. And it reminds me a little bit of what happened with Baker Mayfield last year when he got to LA and he oh, played yeah. on like one day's notice. He was learning the plays on the, in essentially on the plane. But yeah. again, doing the no huddle stuff without knowing the offense was wild to me. And some yeah. of the, the stats, Kevin Seifert, who writes for ESPN, said that yeah. Dobbs in the huddle was like, all right, what do I have on this side of the play? And guys are just telling him what it was. And our That's Alec Lewis, awesome. so he said that Josh Dobbs said KOC was essentially translating calls and mapping yeah. out plays mid-huddle as the play clock was ticking down. He yeah. called Dobbs' ability to handle it one of the most impressive things that he has seen in his career. This idea of, oh, he's a rocket scientist, that shit is so overplayed all the time. In this moment in particular, this guy being yeah. like the smartest player on the field was hugely important. That's that's what's insane to me because every offense – I just said that they use the same terminology, but every offense has their own translation of it. Like It's like they I interpret it this way. So what's a common formation for me with the Vikings might be totally different than what I just ran with the Cardinals. And so he might know the words. But it's probably like it sounded like how Yoda talks, where it's like, okay, this 
that that those words are right, but they're in different spots than I'm expecting, or that's mm-hmm. like a different flavor yeah, yeah, yeah. of that. So I think that's what he probably had to like translate in his head. So I know, but I, I'm sure that's what it was. Every play, they probably had to get the play call in so quick. So KOC before 15, 15 seconds hits, they should probably just like, all right, you got to le- read this. This is pure progression read, or you got to like, hey, if it's too high, you do this. You kill it to, if it's single high, like just real quick trying to give him plays. So. Good on them. I mean, it was fun to watch those scrambles. They, the Falcons started trying to bait it and like uh, with some of the pressures and get them kind of going to the left. And then it just kind of like blew up in their face a couple of times. It was always to the right. So it was a, it was a scrappy win. We talked about scrappy with the Chiefs defense. This was a scrappy one. It was pretty interesting. It's an awful loss for the Falcons. Terrible. I mean, it, it is potentially like a season changing loss yeah. for the Falcons today. Yeah. Oh yeah, they need a buy, and I need a buy from them. They need to go back to Ritter. I see enough of Heineke. Everyone owes me an apology. I, I know they gotta go back to Ritter. I, I see enough. That's the exact same guy. Uh, Heineke's the exact same guy. He he should have like six picks today. Like yeah. he, he, it was. And, yeah. It's the conversation we had on Thursday. We we're like, all right, yeah, you want to limit the downside and the potential turnovers that you're going to have, and then I watched yeah. him throw. I would love to see what PFF's going to say, like turnover worthy plays, like how many he had today. I bet it's at least four or five. Oh, yeah. And that's. If that's your concern, dig routes over and over. Yeah. So it, it's it was certainly frustrating. Uh, just another yeah. entry into a Falcons team that I truly struggle to understand. The two teams that need the bye week the most are the Bills and the Falcons. They need, <laughs> they need to take a deep breath as a team right now. I, I need a buy from them. One more thing you wanted to mention or chat about here really quickly. Uh, yeah. Kenny Moore, two pick sixes today and some nice moments from the Indianapolis Colts defense, which is yeah. not something we've been able to say all year. No, they, they've had some rough ones the last couple of weeks, but they, they, they were feisty. I know the Panthers offense kind of helps you. It's a little mouthwash, but he had two pick sixes, 115 yards on returns. Garner Mishu threw for 127 yards today. So. Yeah, that's some, that's some creating some talk about creating some first downs. There, there it is right there, creating some points. But, uh, they're winning up front. I mean, DeForest Buckner was a monster today. Um, even some of the rookies had some nice moments. I have been, I've been interested in watching this defense and this might be giving me an excuse to study them. Might be a good mm-hmm. game to study them because they look shiny. Uh, but I just feel like that they're doing some nice things. Like I like some of the players. I can see some paths here to, you know, like putting something together down the road, which is, God, I want Richardson. That's to come all back. that matters, right? This Colts and, like, team and the could fact be that we're so right, fun so we next get some year. Glimpses from the defense. We got some yes. glimpses from 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 Josh Downs, even though he got hurt today. It's like, oh, yeah. Bernard Raymond's been really solid at left tackle. He's a guy you drafted yeah. in the third round last year. Like that is all you need from a team at this stage. Like, what sort of little coins can we pick up along the road here? And we're like, all right, these are our building blocks that we're going to have moving forward. So, any sort of flashes you can get from them on both sides of the ball, you're going to take it at this point. Uh, yeah, and their second round pick this year, the corner, uh, Juju Brents, he, mm-hmm. he looks like a keeper. So I'm, that's, that's a hit too for a team that desperately needed talent at that position. That's like, that's pretty cool that when uh, he's been banged up, but one of these kind of long guys that can be project E actually is kind of making big strides. He was a trades guy. I mean, that he's another guy who's drafted on highway speed. That's all of their draft class this year. So encouraging to, well. <laughs> encouraging to see that kind of stuff. Last thing here. What a day for the Raiders. What what a day for the Raiders. I the, best report, <laughs> the report over the last 24 hours. I mean, it's come up in a bunch of different places. I think Ian Rapport had it first, and then Jay Glazer talked about it on TV today. The team meeting where Josh McDaniels kind of seeds the floor to Antonio Pierce, who brings up the 07 so Giants beating the Patriots. And reportedly, Josh McDaniels was like, don't you ever do that again. 
And all you need to know about, beyond the performance today, which we've seen this a million times, right? Coach gets fired. Team played great. They're in a great mood. The, the, the scenes from the <laughs> locker room, both this week and today, the Devontae Adams playing basketball, the fact that they had a basketball hoop in the locker room, and then them just smoking cigars and just having the time of their lives today in that locker room after the game. I, I cannot even comprehend how much all of those guys collectively disliked Josh McDaniels. It sounded miserable, man. Like, but that it was the energy that they played with today. I saw Devontae Adams blocking his ass off. And so that's how you know. Because they, this offense, watch Jacoby Myers just be a heat seeking missile, digging out some of those safeties. And so it was, it was just nice, like, like just a little modernness to the offense. Mm-hmm. You know, they also fired the offense coordinator as well. And like the quarterback, I thought O'Connell played fine. I, I can't call him AOC. Uh, it's just like, oh, it's no, just, no. That's, that's not it's okay. just, yeah. Uh, but it's, uh, but he's a, had a nice operation from there, but they just like, they just like were in the gun a little bit more. They had like jet sweeps. Like it's like, oh, you're just using your guys, just using your players well. Like, thank you. But yeah, you could just feel that. Yeah. Saw some RPOs as well, but it just really did feel like, uh, I talked about mouthwash game. This was just mouthwash for an entire franchise. It must have been miserable, man. Like this, especially as the league has gone more fun, like, I would say, like, respecting players. Yes. Uh, I think the uh, dynamic between players and coaches has certainly shifted over the last several years. I think that there is a collective and two-way respect and just a, all right, we're going to hear each other. We're going to be on a more equal plane, and that's how we're going to interact. That, I think, has become the norm. And so when you hear about a situation that's so far outside of that, it becomes even more notable. And I think that's what was going on with the Raiders, clearly. Absolutely. That that's exactly it. It's the, it's an old way of thinking. That's how it used to be, especially with quarterback play. It used to be the worst. It was like that ball is out right right there, and you have no input. It's like I don't like throwing that route. Like that's how the old coaches used to be. I um I'm so glad he brought up the the Patriots Giants story. I, I had a note on it, but I wasn't going to bring it up. So I'm so glad he told that because it's insane. That I mean, that's just, it's me. absolutely insane. I mean, it killed the, me. Uh, the, when the whole point of the meeting get over yourself it, is for you to hear out the guys yeah. that are struggling and we're trying yeah. to figure out what's going wrong here yeah. it's oh my god tone deaf well that's uh, don't have to worry about it anymore so no see what happens no. with them moving forward we'll see what happens with him moving forward but uh, a nice moment for uh, what has during what has been a very frustrating very tough season i think for the raiders also from this game obviously daniel jones suffered what we believe is supposed to be a torn acl we are going to talk to Dan Duggan tomorrow on Kiefer in the Beats. Kiefer in the Beats tomorrow is Maze in the Beats because Zach Kiefer is in Germany. So I am going to step in tomorrow, take over. We are also going to have Ben Standig coming on to talk about the Washington football team. They had a very, obviously, eventful week last week, trading away multiple guys. Some of the reports, I think, around Sam Howell and his future I want to ask Ben about and whether how central he is to their plans, what the Josh Harris era looks like in the early stages. Actually, obviously talk to Dan about not only the Daniel Jones injury and what it means for this season, but where the Giants go moving forward here, because they're just in such a different spot than we anticipated them being coming into the season. And Alec Lewis, our Vikings writer, is going to come on to talk all things Josh Dobbs and what the last 48 to 72 hours were like up there in Minnesota. So please come check that out. Happy to be standing in for Zach. For now, though, that is all we got. Sincerely appreciate you guys listening. We'll talk to you soon. 
This was the athletic football show.